1: Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, Gpbgpb.org, the GPB Sports app. You go on the website, you can hang with us there. However you're hanging out with us, it's another week of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. The guest this week, Danny Britt, the head coach of the Benedictine Cadets down in Savannah. We get to catch up with him and find out what life is like on the coast for one of the, the more storied and successful programs, Hannah, over the last decade.
0: Have you caught your breath yet?
1: No, 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 and this is where I guess you, This is where we're peeling back the curtain as to why I was late to taping. We're gonna, we're gonna.
0: We had to fix John's hair. That well, no, that was no help get in that. him a cold rag.
1: Okay, so here's the deal. We have a set time every week where we're supposed to record the show.
0: Supposed,
1: supposed, supposed to record the show. <laughs> and yes, I just used air quotes for those who are just listening oh, that's to us. Amazing. So. are are, you know i'm I'm keeping in contact with coach and saying i might be a little late might be a little late there was an accident on the downtown connector as it's my normal route to to come in here to the studios at 260 14th street northwest atlanta georgia 30318 and there was a wreck on the connector Mm -hmm. literally that stopped traffic for almost a half an hour and i did the math as i was driving past it after everything had cleared nine cars Three cop cars. Wow. Two, well, two of them were state troopers. One was well, it was Atlanta Police Department. You had three hero units and two wreckers. Wow. And a lot of damage. It was a nine-car insurance seminar, and it was not pretty. And you had a lot of folks who were uh, wet because I think they got stuck out in the rain.
0: And John, coming into the studio hot today. Yes,
1: I came in at a, at a high rate of speed just to make sure that everything was going to happen uh, in, a, in, a, in an almost timely fashion. So it's it's good to know that uh that <laughs> that I kept you awake during this process about my APB. And so yeah, so Commander I Sandy. Love,
0: I just love calling you out.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Commander Sandy was, you know, trying to make sure that everything was gonna happen, King James and uh the outlaw Jesse James too. So I mean it was it was everybody was sitting there and you could I could just sense all of you looking at your watches, sitting there the going anxiety. Or it's like N- is Nelson here yet? I'm <laughs> hungry. I, I ask, wanna go to lunch. Is I ask Nelson every here week, yet?
0: though. It's th- what? How was your labor day? I labored. what did you labor on
1: uh let's see we uh let's uh Patty was rearranging uh, the uh the displays because of the change of holidays oh, she, she's yes, the one yes. that does the the uh the calendar uh, uh, have not gotten holiday. to that yet I so she was doing it. a lot of that. I stayed out of the way, which okay. I'm very very good yes. at because uh, good the, job. The, yeah cause she has an idea when I'm just the
0: decoration gonna... boxes come out, men get away yes, you can carry the boxes down, yeah. But that, that's it.
1: And then she was looking for something that she couldn't find. It was uh, apropos to this particular part of the calendar. And so we were doing that, and I was staying out of the way. And then uh, one of the other me's, uh, the soccer me, we had mm-hmm. our show at 6 o'clock on Monday nights. Uh, so we talked about uh, soccer from 6 to 8. So, now it was a, a day of just trying to look at the men's national team and what didn't happen and then not getting full points and then talking about it later and staying out of Patty's way. She was reorganizing the house.
0: We put together the cribs yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. In no, the, no, in no, the wait, old no, man no. cave, the go, well, man no. cave. Let
1: me see now. i got to talk to John <laughs> about this. But let me, let me ask you this. Did John put them together and you stay out of the way, or was this a two-person effort here?
0: So I supervised the first effort. Okay. So my husband did read the directions, because I told him to read the directions. I just figured it would save us some heartache.
1: I'm guessing the answer was it it did not. It
0: did not. We Uh. had to redo the first one.
1: I'm guessing there were parts left over. There
0: were red stickers on the outside of the crib that said, this is the inside. Ah. So we had to flip it around so, anyways well, i assisted with the second one
1: okay cuz i mean is john left handed too no okay cuz traditionally for me it's having to do something in reverse he
0: just doesn't pay attention
1: i mean it's like when i'm when i'm opening a can with a can opener i have to flip the can around and do it left handed because i mean i you know because i'm left hand dominant yeah. and so it's like you turn the can you turn the can and the can opener around and you do it with your left hand no I didn't no. know if he, just because vision was reversed, everything was to he the outside when it was supposed to be looking on the inside. in general. Ah, okay. So
0: he did the first one. So
1: you're calling out your John also, <laughs> in addition to, she's so calling out every guy named John that she knows on this show. Of course.
0: It's my job here. Yes. It's my job here. You want
1: to toss to the interview?
0: I do. I want to talk about what happened in week three football. Okay. People, so we, want, people want to know what happened in the footballs of Georgia. Okay.
1: So uh, it's what, in what, the books. what's your question? All right.
0: Week three's in the books, guys. And according to the Maxwell Ratings projections, 41 underdogs got the big Ws. That is true. All right. Here are the top five ones. Yeah. Union Grove pulled off the upset of the week after beating Stars Mill 21-14. to 14. The Panthers were a 24-point favorite in that one, John.
1: Well, and this is, once again, this is what you're going to see early in the year. You're going to have these non-region games and these rivalry games. And you're going to end up with some surprises. And once again, if you're talking about young teams, which we've seen a lot this year, when it comes to young teams, it's going to take a while for them to get the full song. Cockwood County is another mm-hmm. example of that. We talked about them and their rough and tumble schedule that they've had this season, too. So don't be surprised with these young teams if, if either, A, your defense gets there first or you end up with a result like we've seen in non-region games these last these first couple of weeks.
0: Woodward beat Marist 14 to nine and the win comes with a big congratulations to Eagles head coach John Hunt mm-hmm. got his 100th victory on Friday his record is now 130. that's that's pretty good. one zero
1: zero dash three zero yes okay because you said his record's 130.
0: a 100 Dash, dash okay or and yes. 30 okay Making him one of the forty fastest coaches to 100 in GHSA history.
1: Yeah, they uh, Marist was down 14 to nine late fourth quarter, came down and were in position to score as time was running out, and it took a, a game-saving play by Woodward's defense to preserve the win in that one.
0: Creekside was a 14-point underdog to Westlake, pulled it out 27 to 20 to go 2 and 0 on the year. And we
1: all know what we're seeing from Westlake and head coach Bobby May. That mm-hmm. one is a, a bit of a surprise, but you know what, once again, we'll get into it and talking about it with coach Britt. Sometimes, you know, these teams are going to come up and they're going to they're going to get bit and it's coming off of a big game last week and it's like how do you respond to a big game and so now it's that that's the new question for Westlake. How do you respond after this week having two big games in a row going different directions?
0: In Marietta, my old stomping grounds. Uh-huh. Pope beat Kell 30 to 24. The Greyhounds will now face Lasseter. Oh, here we go. Who I might add was not a top five upset, but it's still <laughs> one of my top five games.
2: Uh-huh. Who got
0: their first win of the season against South Cobb.
1: Uh huh.
0: Pulling out 20, not 20, 43 points. Oh, wow. Against the Eagles. The final score, I was got ahead of myself. The final score, 43 to 28. 43 points, baby
1: and uh, Lakeside scored 36 less in their 12-7 loss to Redan. So mm. I figured you were going to bring that I I figured I would I just go ahead and ask. bring it up before gonna you ask, were going to ask it. But him. I was still back. you the last I see how this goes. Win. I see how this goes. See, she's going to sit there and play up a Lasseter win. I
0: know. Wait, I even oh, wait, well,
1: wait a sec. Wait, 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 wait. You know, you know, there's somebody There's
0: another team. There's
1: somebody that we have yet to discuss here. And their rankings in the GPB top ten in their particular class, Commander sneaking Sandy, sneaking in,
0: sneaking in,
1: sneaking in, I'm just
0: waiting patiently,
1: waiting patiently. <laughs> Since when? Your team, the Decatur Bulldogs, is ranked in the GPB poll, and Three you're waiting, and pati- o. You're Three waiting and o. patiently.
0: You're waiting patiently. Who are you? Who are you?
1: Waiting patiently to chime in. You're undefeated, and you're in top ten in the poll, and you're. And I'm waiting patiently. And no see, one should wait patiently when they I'm poke into the poll. I'm just getting excited
0: about a win. First time since 2004,
1: I think, wow. I've been ranked in the poll. See so the see, see, good see on you, Bulldog. See Commander Sandy's what all fired up. What was the final up. score in that one? What was the final score? Oh man, now you put me on the spot. Let's see,
0: all right. Oh, oh, hold on. I've got it. I've you, you I've already got, 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 got it. The offense
2: uh, went crazy though. They, uh...
1: as we sit here,
0: 48 to 14 oh, wow. against yeah. GAC. Wow. Look at these numbers 55 to 7 against Dunwoody, 13 6 against Westland, 48 14. That's like an Alabama
1: score. But I mean, seriously, you, you guys have been putting up some big numbers against some high quality yep. opponents. Greater awesome. Atlanta Christian, then you beat Wesleyan. Uh, First time in a, like a decade, I want to say something like that. Meeting a, a ranked team in the private school rankings or something like that, and so three and zero out of the blocks, and your your offense has really been putting the pedal down. I'm being patient. <laughs> Why? No reason whatsoever.
0: Now they're going to take a week off. Week off, and then you got my boys at Arabia Mountain. Yep. yep.
1: Then then my next question that is: Game is, might get out of now. Hand. Initially, and this will be the last thing we talk about before we toss to the interview with Coach Britt. Initially, Commander Sandy, you were not going to be here for the taping today.
0: (laughs) She made it so. Yeah,
1: she made it so. so But my my question is, does anyone in Commander Sandy's family have any eligibility that can help Georgia Tech, considering that they lost to Northern Illinois this past week?
2: (laughs) No, unfortunately. No. uh,
0: no. Just thought I would ask. It's more of an academic thing than a... uh, Yes, I just Sandy's, I Sandy's daughter is taking some big time visits. Yeah, Marty Pants. Yeah,
1: she, she's getting those big Smarty visits to those Power pants. Five schools. <laughs> That's right, and we'll keep an eye on that as we go. But hey, uh, hey,
0: quick question well, for yeah, you though: yeah, yeah, you yeah. had some other big games on your list. We've we've missed some. What well, are some other teams that you had your eye on?
1: Oh, a lot of them. I mean, you had.
0: The Colquitt-Cedar Grove game, right? Yeah, you
1: know, Colquitt and Cedar Grove was a part of it. Trinity Christian uh, knocking off Fellowship Christian and single-A private, 56-20. Tim McFarlane in his first mm-hmm. year at Fellowship. But we're seeing what, with uh, Coach Dallas right now at Trinity Christian, you're seeing a lot of firepower there. Uh, Jeff Davis now 3-0, knocking off Jenkins, getting a home game for the first time this year. Last nice. week's column with uh, Lance Helton. Thirty-nine-seven over Jenkins. Dodge County's at three and zero. Blackley County's at three and zero. Thomasville and Cairo. That was another one of the top fives that I had in the lower classifications. Twenty-six, twenty-one. Thomasville coming back to win over Cairo, and they've got Bainbridge. Thomasville and Bainbridge this week. That
0: was going to be huge. It's going to be a good game. All right.
1: And that's just that's just a, a short sample of of all of the games that I have. See, as I say, I always love all of my children equally and there are great storylines all across the state.
0: We don't have enough time. to. No, we don't
1: really. So go ahead and uh, toss to the interview.
0: All right. Like you said, our guest today has been Head Coach Danny Britt. We break down pretty much everything from last season to this season to the future of the school. Let's bring him on.
1: First off, Coach, thanks for hanging out with us this week on the podcast. I know that it was different and I'll just use that word last season when it came to putting schedules together and I know that you were a a master of emails and cell phones and getting your schedule piece together what did you learn about yourself last year as a coach and as a program there at Benedictine
2: certainly it was very different in the way things continued to fall out Uh, I guess say we were resilient and and steadfast and 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 wanting to play football and um, you know Thanks. I had the support of my administration. They let us travel all over the state to to find games, and, and and we did, and and got the boys as many games as we could.
0: A lot of teams in South Georgia have been struggling again with COVID this year. Any scares? Are you guys being you're being safe? Obviously, but how's the team's health?
2: Yeah, it's been uh, been pretty good. We were actually a vaccination site back in the spring. Nice And uh, and so, yeah, so a lot of our older kids uh, were vaccinated all the way back in April. And uh, so we were in better shape than most because of that. Um, now, we've had some younger, some freshmen come in and, and you know, uh, most of which have since gotten vaccinated. But, uh, you know, we've been in, in a pretty good shape uh, this entire time.
1: When you look at your schedule and the way that Hannah and I talk about it, I always say that there are the regions that are the standard size, and then there are regions like the one that you're in that I just refer to as a mini-region. And I mean by that is that you only have a handful of games. It is a sprint, and it's an adventure to get through having to schedule 37 non-region games to get into a sprint where you're trying to be as healthy as possible for that sprint to get a good one seed to get into the playoffs. How difficult is it for you in a normal year to schedule games?
2: It's become very difficult, uh, for us. Uh, like I said, we've only got three region games. So, you know, finding all of those other games has been pretty, uh, pretty hard. Um, and the fact that we've been been good for a number of years makes it, makes it a little difficult. The other fact is, let's be honest, we're in, 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 uh, Savannah, Georgia, which is, you know, not close to a lot of places. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, you know, we've had to be able to travel and, and do different things. And we, you know, obviously the first game of the year, uh we played um Christopher Columbus out of Miami and we'll travel to them next year. So, um, you know, fortunately I've, uh, people who are supporting that, uh, especially playing other Catholic schools and, and just kind of seeing how other people do things. So it, it has been, it has been pretty difficult to get those games. And, and unfortunately we've, we've had to schedule some really, really good uh, football teams and, uh, Hopefully we can make it out of this thing alive.
0: Seven non-region games. You also played, uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. What was it like traveling up there?
2: Yeah, I mean it's really cool. You know, the, to to get to play these other really good programs. They're, they're in a similar situation that they, you know, the the teams around them, you know, don't necessarily want to schedule them unless they have to. So uh, they're a good football program, and and um, you know, brought it to us uh, Friday night. Um, Definitely uh just being completely honest, the Christopher Columbus team was better than us and and uh you know, that that's just the way that goes. I, I don't know uh how much better Buford was than us, but they were Friday night, so they definitely deserve the win.
1: What have you learned about yourself as a team in these first two games as you're going through this non region that's gonna include Jessup and and Ware and a lot of other heavyweights down the line because I know that you've never been one to shy away from scheduling up in class. You know, you'll you'll play somebody that's got 13 A's next to their name if you know if you you can line up a game with them. What have you learned about yourself with these first two playing quality opponents and knowing that you've got these others coming down the line?
2: Yeah, well, we you know we had a pretty big heart to heart after the loss on Friday uh, with the kids uh, yesterday morning and. Uh, even some of the uh, leaders of the senior group had called called the team meeting before we even came in as coaches and uh, learned that uh, we weren't quite as good as we thought we were. And I think that's across the board. When I was talking to the uh, to the team, the first thing I did is go through about ten things that I had done wrong to start this season uh, season, both some in the ways we practice, some in just mentality. Um, so to help them understand, Hey, when, when, you know, I'm getting on to you, it's not just you, it's me, it's we, uh, we're a family and we're going to stick together like families do, but, um, but we got to get some things right. So, you know, we we learn that, uh, you know, you do things for a long time. You know, I've found we've been, we just have not been disciplined the first two games Hmm. and just that we typically are known to be a disciplined football team for the most part. And, have not been that way and I said well gosh I've been doing everything the same way I've been doing it for a decade here you know and why why would that not make it disciplined and so we're we're changing it up and figure out you know one thing that works for one group of kids doesn't always work for the next.
0: You come back home to play North Oconee this Friday Um, you talked about some of the adjustments there what about personnel wise what's what's the game plan what changes are you making?
2: Well, I tell you we we have always run our practices kind of in between a big school style and a small school style. And in other words, everybody at least from the beginning plays uh an offensive and defensive position. Right. Uh and you know, I I think that helps make better football players. It certainly helps the young guys cuz we have a, you know, a, Three team program, a varsity, a JV, and a freshman team, Uh, but the same coaches run all of it. So uh, we kind of have to work practice a little differently. Well, what we're doing now is we've poured a lot of time into the younger guys. We've got to really focus in on this this senior group, and we're we're going to a two platoon type mentality and um, practicing that way. So you get more practice time, uh, you know, on both offense and defense, and and what you're doing there. So, uh, you know, we're, we're changing some things up there. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're still going to have a, a couple of guys go both ways and cross over, uh, you know, Justin Thomas and Zaquan Bryan. But other than that, we're, we're going to have to have some younger guys step up and fill those number two spots.
1: All right, so Hannah, flip a coin. Do you want to mm. talk about the quarterback, or do you want to go to make that kid an offer considering what we just heard from Coach about making sure that they're going to be QB. playing? QB. Okay. QB. So, all right, so here's, the, here's your quarterback question. And uh, in my household, Coach, full disclosure, uh, my wife is an Auburn alumna. And so when I told her about Holden Gariner and my heading— My
0: husband is also an Auburn
1: That is true. Alum. That is true, full disclosure. Uh there there was a great deal of excitement in both of our households when it was Holden, uh, we're holding we're holding his heading to uh, Auburn at the moment. What have you seen in him over this last handful of years? What's it been like to see him grow and evolve into the quarterback that he is?
2: Yeah, definitely it's been it's been awesome to watch. He is a super talented young man. He has an odd arm talent uh, that sometimes he just makes throws that you just kind of scratch your head on So uh, Auburn's getting a great quarterback. Um, What I've seen him really grow in, um, you know, from his sophomore to his junior year is he really learned to take what is given and uh, realize, you know, hey, if he can, you know, throw an easy little out route that, you know, one of these guys takes 60 yards, it's the same as throwing it 60 yards down the field. So he's become really patient with that, understanding that. And I think he's also – Really gotten a lot better at understanding the, the defensive schemes and seeing, you know, seeing what's available to him.
0: What sort of things does he need to work on this season in, in preparation for the next level and in, in in general?
2: I think continue to do what he's what he's done with that, is, you know, reading progressions and all, because it'll get more difficult, obviously, at the next level. Certainly in SEC versus SEC defenses, um, you know, and, and continue to to improve his, his athletic ability and. Uh, he's really changed that as well over the past couple of years as far as what he's done in the weight room and how he how he looks. So uh, continue to do both of those things, and, and, and he will do just fine.
1: Was there a moment in his progression? It could have been a game, could have been at practice, could have been a conversation that the two of you had had off the field, but was there a moment when you sat there and said, okay, he's really developing into someone who could be very, very special at the quarterback position?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we knew that coming in that what he, what kind of talent he was going to be. But I, I, it's funny that we're talking now. Ironic. Uh, last year against North Oconee, so one year ago, he really just stepped up and went to a next level. He, he we were running him and got him involved in that. He did a really good job, and and then he made some unbelievable throws. I think he threw for like 350 yards that night. So, uh, really it was about a year ago that he, he did that. And we just really went, wow, he's going to be special.
0: Well, on the flip side of that, you said you're looking for some of the younger guys to step up. We do this segment on our recruiting 2021 show called make that kid an offer. He obviously has an offer, lots of offers. Is there a kid on your team that's underlooked that you think deserves an offer or deserves a shout
2: out? Uh, you know, definitely. I think we have a few, few kids like that. Uh, you know, Zaquan, Brian, uh, people. Brian, He does have offers and, uh, you know, he's really, really special, a really special kid. So I think, you know, he he definitely is one. And then, um, you know, uh, Cole Simeon as a defensive lineman uh, has really, you know, got got a lot of potential. And I think, you know, some colleges really need to pay attention to him.
1: When it comes to what you and the staff have been able to build there at Benedictine over the last decade – uh, one of the, the cool things has been to see the the evolution to where you now have your own stadium as a part of the, the whole growth of the process. What has it been like since day one to now to see where Benedictine has come from to where you and the staff and the administration have been able to take it to where it is?
2: Yeah, it's exciting, definitely. Um, you know, to, from when we got here and I was an athletic director as well as a football coach and I remember kind of walking out and going honestly being a little overwhelmed like oh wow this is this is going to be a job you know and uh, uh, we, we've really put a lot of things together and we, we do have uh, in our own field and in and, and the, the beginning of a stadium we, we're still playing at Memorial because we, we've got a lot to do but it's, it's completely changed in the athletics as far as facilities and, and what we have back there and just uh, it, it has been exciting and um, uh, it, it's been a pretty tough <laughs> mm-hmm. journey as well. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it's uh, but, uh, you know, going back to that that's almost 11 years ago now, looking back to where we were at, it's it's been pretty, pretty incredible.
0: How involved are you in the stadium design? I feel like that, that would be <laughs> that would be something really cool because, you know, it's going to be there for years and years and years to come.
2: Yes, I am very very adamant about about it being just right just like we want it not necessarily how I want it but how, how oh, we want on. it. Oh, come on. Well, yeah, I'm going to have a lot to a lot to say about it, but um my biggest thing is I want it to be completed and just right before we ever play a home game here. I don't want it ever I don't want 25 years from now people look back and go gosh, what was Britt thinking he should have should have put more thought into <laughs> this. And it happens all the time, right? We're yeah. going. Why did they make that press box so small? They, they, they. You know, they knew they would be need bigger than that, or why? Need more outlets. Why is there only one female restroom? You know, those sort of things.
0: Oh, that's a big one. What's
1: What's the ETA on the completion of it right now? What's the What's the? I
2: would say. I mean, it, it, it's tough to say, but I, I would say five to six years.
1: Okay. And, and then there'll be the the big ribbon cutting and, and all of the. The pomp and the circumstance that goes to it, because there's been a lot of effort that have been put into the facilities there at Benedictine. I mean, when, when, when you and I started catching up with each other there on campus and seeing. How things were, and now, seeing how things are continuing to grow, I mean obviously it's got it's an exciting time to see all of this growth happen, and obviously, I would think that there's also an anticipation, considering how well Benedictine does not just in football but in all the other sports across the board, to get to where it really can be a showcase for what schools can be if they invest in themselves
2: so. definitely and I, and the the base is excited about that um what we've done is on the football field the stadium aspect of it is what was in the original plan and, and the um uh then we had to kick over and, and finish up a bunch of uh, academic stuff right uh which you know they say is important too you know I,
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> that old thing but
2: so we're about to literally wrapping up the the fine details of that and then we can go back to raising funds for the uh, stadium, which honestly there's some people with some, some big checkbooks that have already said, hey, as soon as you get back to that, let's we're ready. So, um, you know, when I say the five or six years, I mean, if we started today, it would take two years to build everything. Right. So you know, I, I think it's, it's going to come quick. It's just, you know, when you're talking about the size of what you're doing there, it's just going to take take a number of years.
0: So you've been a coach there since 2011. You haven't missed the playoffs since that year. Two AA championship wins, 2014, 2016. Made it to the semifinals last season in Quad A. You kind of worked your way up 2A, 3A, Quad A. I guess, you know, what do you want to see out of your team this year building on on this resume that you've created there?
2: Well, I think, you know, what we set this year is, is, you know, kind of set the standard. Um, We're going to another level, you know, Gone up to 4A and made it to the semis, and you know part of that was playing Christopher Columbus out of Miami, playing a mm-hmm. semi-national schedule, right. and that that's what we're starting to do, and and being able to to tee it up with those type of guys and see where we're at, and playing you know other out of state teams like Buford, and and just really going to another level. So that's what we are you know wanting to see from this year, uh, to take it to the highest level that we possibly can and and, and compete and you know, hopefully um, win a lot of games, you know, we, but like I said, we've, we've kind of struggling with that right now. So we've got to find a way to, to get back to the winning part of it.
1: You've gone up in class two a 3A quad a over the years because of reclassification. And that has been a topic that has come up in the last handful of weeks about the new round of reclassification and where things may shake out there. What's your thoughts on the early conversations and the possible separations of of some of the more successful private schools. What are some of your early takeaways from these early talks about the new round of reclassification?
2: Well, from what they're talking about, it's it's going to be really really difficult on on because there's nobody we are. You're talking about isolated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's other private schools around us, but they're all single A smaller schools. But with the, of the big privates, the, you know, the region our region would be made up of Atlanta. <laughs> So uh, you know that's four hours, uh, at least. I mean that would be uh, Woodward would be the closest, and that's four hours, four fifteen. So you know it's really, really going to be a major struggle for us. And then with football, we can make it work. We can make whatever work. We can you know we can get the money, and it's one game a week. What what isn't going to be able to work is is basketball, baseball, you know all the other sports that are playing. On a Tuesday night, you can't go to Atlanta on a Tuesday night, right? And and, and be back at school the next morning. So it's just going to be a a major struggle. Um, you know, I won't get into all the politics of it, <laughs> right? Because uh, obviously, you can imagine my opinion. But um, <laughs> but uh, it just it's just going to be very difficult. We're going to have to really really figure out some things to to make it make it work.
0: Well, my last question for you, you mentioned, you know, you can get the funds for football and the community rallies around football. What makes South Georgia football so special?
2: I think it's just that, that it it truly is important to everybody. Um, You know, even if, you know, obviously it's important when you have children at the school or whether they play or are part of the band or the uh, cheer team or, or just go to school there and want to go cheer on their friends. But when in South Georgia, it becomes a part of everybody. Uh, you know, Benedictine great because the alumni base, you know, you got people showing up that, you know, their kids, you know, graduated 20 years ago. They're still showing up, supporting, and it's important to them, and it, it means something to everybody. So uh, that's what makes it different.
1: Well, Coach, thanks for letting us come and visit with you down there on the coast and let everybody see what's going on with one of the great programs that uh, you've been able to build over the last decade. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Uh, Good luck the rest of the season. We'll be keeping an eye, and we'll catch up with you real soon.
2: Certainly, John. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Do they have a name for their new stadium?
1: I don't know, but I would imagine that uh, when those who are willing to invest in mm-hmm. the stadium, you know, you finally get that squared away, I'm sure that there will be some. It might be a, a name of one of the old alums or something like that that's integral to a part of that process. But it would, I would uh, anticipate something like that happening when the stadium comes online. It's going to be really cool.
0: Coach Britt's got to put his name on it, Britt Field brit locker it might, room it might,
1: it might be it might be danny britfield at yeah. insert Benedictin stadium here by the time it's done it. but no he's he's done a lot of great things there at Benedictine and, and has helped grow that program in the last decade and yeah not afraid to play anybody anyplace anytime when you're playing christopher columbus and buford as yeah. your, your first two games out of the blocks that's yeah. big
0: even though you're owen two, the, the teams you're playing does not show for that
1: no no they will be ready by the time we get to season three trust me
0: all right john guess what this friday is
1: what's this friday
0: I told you to guess.
1: I, so I'm <laughs> asking. It's like, what is this Friday? It
0: is the very first Football Friday in Georgia broadcast. Yes, that is true. Of the season. Yes.
1: So details. Don't get
0: me singing, by the way. I'm, Why not? I'm thrilled. I'm just in a great mood. Yeah. If it's it's game week. Yes, it is. I'm singing on the podcast. As you
1: should. I'm it's excited. it's game week, and it's the season premiere of Football Fridays in Georgia. Uh, recruiting 2021 will be the lead in at 7 o'clock mm-hmm. with uh, – the interviewer of the stars, this lady yes. this lady to my left, for those who are watching on the YouTube version. But the lady to my left is interviewing whom this week?
0: My interview will be Colin and sell senior QB Sam Horn. I actually just got off the Zoom interview with him. Cool kid, committed to, to Mizzou. He's mm-hmm. going to play baseball and football. Got into a really good interview about why he decided to pick Missouri over many, many offers. It's a rebuilding year. For them. For Missouri, um, yes. For, for, for Missouri. Yes. For Missouri, not Collins Hill. No, no, no. <laughs> for Missouri. Um, and a lot went into it. So you'll have to check that out on Recruiting 2021 before our game of the week. But it is uh-huh. our game of the week. Drum roll, please. Hit it. A pair of the state's top five A-teams, Creekside versus Cartersville. Number five, Creekside is 2-0 with impressive wins over defending Class 7A champion Grayson and Class 6A. Number three, Westlake. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Cartersville is also 2-0 with wins over Morrow and West Forsyth. Cartersville won last year's game 21-18 and the very first meeting between the two schools. Kickoff, once again, is set for 7.30 on GPB.
1: So oh, there you go. See you wink right at the pointed, camera. Pointed it,
0: and winked into the camera. Pointed and there. winked into
1: the actual camera on the YouTube version. You knew which camera you were we were pointing at I too. I did. I did. Yeah, I,
0: I finally figured the camera's out.
1: The one with the red light.
0: I know. It's only the fourth time we've done this.
1: Yeah, I know. So uh it, it's going to be great to be out there at wineman Stadium and it's a great atmosphere traditionally when mm-hmm. we get to go out and see everybody there in cartersville but two great coaches too and Connor Foster and Maurice Dixon. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting game as as for our premiere here for Football Fridays in Georgia. And uh, let's see we've got the the post game show after.
0: Mm-hmm. Brand new. So I'll be joining you for in-game hits as normal, but a halftime show presented by Regions mm-hmm. and a brand new post game show where we recap uh games all across the state. Yeah. We will be missing you though, John. Yes, John's missing but... the very first game of the I know.
1: The I know. It's going to be weird.
0: But you're being honored.
1: Yeah, I am one of uh 13 or 14, I believe, that it's being inducted. Well, yeah, there's 10 of us mm-hmm. that are going into the uh, National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences Silver Circle. And then there are three that are actually going into the Gold Circle for wow. 50 years of service. Wow. So Friday night... Uh, I will be watching once once we're allowed to have devices outside of the hotel where we're having the the big luncheon and the banquet and the presentation and everything. It'll be on this device right here as I'm leaving the hotel. When I get a, a on the GBB
0: Sports app, be yes. watching the game. We've got Wiley Ballard filling in in for you.
1: Called the bullpen, bring in Wiley, right? Yep, I know. But no, it's gonna be really weird.
0: It's gonna be weird.
1: Uh, but I'll be watching.
0: Yeah, and Wiley will do a great job. Uh, you know, so the, if the, anyone's the, wondering where John is, the
1: Velvet Fog, Wiley Ballard,
0: no <laughs> he's question. He's good. He's good. No doubt. He might be the future John Nelson. Maybe he. Maybe he. Well, you're never gonna retire, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be like eighty by the time you are even done. So, anywho, uh
1: huh. I see. I see where that's going sorry she's got the giggle so tell you what you keep giggling and I'll just toss to the close of the show you know what
0: it's time yeah
1: it's time for you to keep giggling so for Commander Sandy for Jahi the Magnificent who's having car problems which seems to be a theme this week with this particular show for the outlaw Jesse and for King James for Hannah Gooden I'm just John thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast play it safe everybody enjoy your games
0: see you Friday